What's up? What's up? Hey, baby. This is Shanae and Tamika, and you're listening to I Hear You. Hey. hey. Ooh. I'm getting better with my ooze. Um, how you doing, babe? How you doing? What up, though? I'm doing pretty good. We're at that midday point. I'm ready for some ice cream. Where ice cream is not keto. Oh, there's keto ice cream there though, and giant cream. giant has it. Well, it's, it's called Rebel. It's actually really good, and it's the first like keto thing that I would binge on. Mm. Like I ate that whole carton. I was like, this is dangerous. But the whole carton was like seven grams of carbs. It was great. It was only seven grams of carbs, mm. and it still had no sugar. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I feel energized. I feel like life is good, you know? No complaints. That's cool, right? So our topic for today is it's not you. It's me. It's you. It's me. Yes, I'm sure it is you too. <laughs> 90% of the time it's you. It's I'm like, <laughs> y'all, I have a track record of being right like 90% of the you time. You only count when you're right. That's why. Oh. You don't pay attention when I'm right. Oh. <laughs> We never established that. <laughs> I've always known that. Why didn't you tell me that sooner? Because you don't listen. No. That makes sense. <laughs> wow. Um, so you want to introduce the topic? Yeah, today, okay, so of course, we're not talking about breaking up, because we're not breaking up. Oh, never, ever, ever. But that's what it sounds like. All right, so I just told you, like, I think I kind of went from, hey, I saw all this heartbreak to... This is how I like shielded myself from that like potential heartbreak. What were and it was negative. It was bad. I was rude. I would yell. I was my way or no way. But I that was all of the shield that I felt I needed in order to not have my heart broken. Um, and these when I talk about the women in my life, like they were women I respected and I adored, and I hated that those things happened to them because it it kept them stuck in a space for a while. But what are some, like, negative habits that you feel like you've had in relationships? Um, and how can you, like, connect them to, like, the why behind it? Or I would say, <laughs> I would say selfishness, mm-hmm. um, criticism. Like, just the, the not that I sp- talk down to people, but I had this, in some ways, idea that my communication skills were good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of my long-term partners, I didn't like the way she communicated or I felt like it wasn't clear enough. I felt like she couldn't, she would, you know, accuse me of something, but then she couldn't give me an example. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not listening to what you said if you can't explain why it makes sense. And so I would shut her out just because I didn't like her communication. And like later on, looking back on it, I can see the effects of it. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I just wasn't aware of what I was doing and how it was wrong. I kind of I thought I was right because I'm right about communication that made her wrong and it wasn't necessarily true. Um I think you also like to debate, but you also talked about I don't know if you said it with your mom or your grandma who like would say like what's the why behind something? They like were, you should know the why. They were very focused on mm-hmm. logic. Yeah. When you talk like I remember being 5 and I went to go open the refrigerator and my grandma was like, well, "Why you open the refrigerator?" And I said, I don't know. And she said, that don't make sense. (laughs) Why'd you open it? You should know why you did something. And that was just their whole way. And I definitely did. I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very big on that to this day. And, but it makes sense to me. It made like when my grandma said that to me, I wasn't mad. 
said, I wasn't offended. I didn't feel like she called me stupid. I felt like she was just saying, you know, your actions should be sensible. Mm -hmm. It should make sense. And you should have a reason for why you do something. Yeah. And it's like, I do have that expectation and I think it's good. But when you push that onto somebody and that's not their framework, then it, in some ways that's a bit oppressive <laughs> and yeah. controlling. Mm -hmm. And so I was that I wanted to control my partner's speech mm -hmm. and my partner's communication because I was used to things being a certain way. So I had this expectation and she didn't like it at all. And she told me that she didn't like it, but I didn't receive it because in my mind I was right. I think I also appreciated that you said control, though, because even when I was given my scenario, it was control. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to control the outcome of the situation. I wanted to make sure that I came out on top and I was not hurt and all those things. And you were doing the same thing. So I think sometimes the negative behavior can be tied to control. Mm -hmm. So not something that, like, if I had to do it all over again, would I do it? No, because I wasn't nice to people. And, like, we know now I'm, like, super big on, like, oh, my God, be nice to everyone. Um... So that's something that I would definitely change, but but also fear too. I think oh, is a yeah. part of it. Fear of being hurt. Um, I don't know. I was selfish because I didn't. I think that was one of my other toxic toxic patterns. But I have have seen people get hurt, and I think that's a big part of what we're saying. Like watching somebody else get hurt. Um, just in your childhood, you don't want to experience things the same way. Mm -hmm. So it creates this fear, and now you're trying to prevent something from happening in your life um which is I wanted to take control over my life and live whatever kind of life I wanted to and at a certain point um that's what I did yeah. and I mean during the time when I, I think the healthiest I was with that type of mindset was probably in an open relationship and that mm -hmm. was because the other person was okay with it yeah so we both both agreed that we could have this open relationship and that's why it was okay but if your partner is not okay with certain boundaries or accepting certain things, then it's not okay. Yeah. And you have to be okay with that. You either have to say, well, I'm going to keep choosing this person or I'm going to find another relationship. Yeah. You can't force somebody into your frame of mind. I think that's what makes something unhealthy. It's not always what you're doing. It's also the perception of how that person is. And we're going to talk about that later when we talk about like toxic things in a relationship. But I think something that I did with us that I noticed, um, and I still do it sometimes and you always catch me, but I feel like um, cheating was normalized when I was younger. Not that people always accepted it. But these, like, really happy-go-lucky relationships, it felt like they always resulted in cheating. Mm -hmm. um, and either the person stayed or they left. Um, however, with us, I, I say a whole bunch of things that you don't like, um, but I'm working on it. So, like, when I'm like, oh, who you texting? Your other chick? Or, oh, if I'm like, if you, like, call me, like, oh, where you at? I'm like, oh, so you can tell your other chick to leave or something like that? Like, I make these comments and... I do them low-key subconsciously, but low-key consciously. But it's be, I think it's really rooted in me thinking, not thinking that you would cheat on me, but thinking that cheating was normalized. Um, and I don't want you to ever think it's okay. So you expected it. Yeah, in a sense. like. But you expected it based on your experiences. Yeah. That it was going to be common. Yeah, but it's ne it's also negative because you're like, yo, I hate when you do that. I don't like it. Don't I don't like it because like in my mind, I'm being faithful. And mm -hmm. so it makes it, 
I don't know. It lessens the value of the relationship. Yeah. If you really believe, it's almost like you know, I believe that everything is perfect, and you're out here thinking that I'm stepping out on you, yeah. and so that takes away from um, this idea that I have about the relationship. That's why I don't like it. Yeah. But but I, the thing is, I also don't think you would. So mm-hmm. therefore, I'm saying something that I don't even. But that's because it's a fear. Yeah, and I also like I joke about it, and so like when I say it, I don't think it has any meaning the words have meaning but I'm also why am I still saying it so like I don't think I say it as much anymore but I still like low-key slip up and I'm like dang why can't I get over this but like, that's the is- beauty of being self-aware is that now because you're conscious of it it's a difference between when you're aware of something and when you're not but now that you're aware you have the control and the ability to correct what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm sorry. Just kidding. It's just a matter <laughs> of practicing it. And the more you do it, the better it'll be. But it's to me, it's really sad when someone isn't aware, when you're not self-aware. Because you're basically, it's like you're stuck in this program. Mm-hmm. And it's going to play over and over and over. And you can't get out of it without creating a new program. Yeah. I think that sadness could be subjective, though, because at some point we all weren't aware and we had to, like, get to that level. And so I think that's probably true. Yeah. Like, I think it just it depends on where the person is. If you now, if it's a friend who keeps telling me the same story over and over and over again, they're not self-aware. I think it's different from a person who just hasn't been exposed to um, something that can open up their awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Oh, look at us learning and growing and being adults. I'm crying right now. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But are there other things? Oh, another thing. Cursing and yelling. And I talked about this already. I know I did. But for me, it was a huge thing because I saw it play out in so many relationships as well. And it typically led to intimate partner violence. And so I think that's why, like, for us, I'm like, I don't want to curse. I don't want to do this. I don't want to yell. And I tried really, really hard. Um, so I think that was another thing. Like, the negative behavior was the cursing, and I'm able to tie, or the yelling, and I'm able to tie it to experiences, not of myself, but other people, and then say, this is why I don't want it to happen. But I think a lot of the cursing and yelling has a lot to do with anger. So basically, yeah. what you're really saying is you want us to express anger in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And it's not really about the, you know, if somebody can curse and yell and it's not this projection or coming from a place of anger, sure, go for it. But when you're not able to manage your anger, that's when it becomes an, another story. So oh, how, you feel you, how do you feel that you're doing with it? With the managing uh, anger, we don't talk about that. We don't really. Um, I think it's because it's not really a big thing like anymore. Like, I think in terms oh. of it takes a lot for me to get angry though. For the most part, unless yeah. it's like I feel like personally like attacked, it takes a lot for me to get there. And um, I think I'm doing fairly well. I think even today, like when we had our little tiff, um, <laughs> I was like. All right, stop yelling. Like I was like, I'm both like I'm. We both had yelled, and I'm like, all right, no, one of us got to come down because this don't make. Like, and I after we talked, I was like, we don't communicate that way. We don't. Um, that doesn't mean that we are exempt from ever yelling and will never yell. That doesn't. That's not re- reality for us. However, one of us always brings it back. Like, nah, that's not how we talk to each other. That don't make sense. Um, but we also yell when we're happy. So I don't. <laughs> Um, but I think in terms of managing anger, going back to your question, I think I do pretty well with it because it takes quite a bit for me to get angry. Um, yeah. 
I think stress size is another conversation. <laughs> I don't think it's tied to anger. Do you find, like, are there other examples of, like, negativity? Can you think of something negative you did in our relationship that you had to kind of become more self-aware about? One of the interesting things about dating women is that... Um, women dating women or just dating women in general? Just in general. Okay. Is that um, there's expectation to pay for women. Like, whoever dates a woman. Somebody gonna pay mm-hmm. for that woman to go out to have fun, to do experiences, and I can see that all through. Like, from my childhood all the way up, you know, till now, mm-hmm. just looking at those experiences, um, that gender role thing, it's just, uh, yeah. I don't know. There's an expectation, and I felt like, I don't know why. I can't really point to exactly what experience, but I definitely had this idea that women are going to expect you to pay for them mm-hmm. um and then some relationships that did not go well and other in some relationships some women have thought that that's what i wanted from them like mm-hmm. i remember you know getting to know this lawyer lady and she thought that she basically she told me she said if you're not using using your degree then what are you going to do if you lose your job but she had went through this experience where the person lost the job and she ended up paying for everything. And mm-hmm. she said, I'll never do that again. Yeah. But she didn't want to get to know me because I wasn't using my degree in a in a more professional position. Yeah. So it's like she had this fear. But it really bothered me. She was pretty. You know, she was a nice person. She really wasn't a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you lying. Stretched in. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, like, that was one experience around money. And so... Mm-hmm. I've been in different situations. All I can say is it created a fear that women are going to expect me to pay for them. And I don't really like that. And you You tried to buy my love in the beginning. I did try to buy your love. But it's like, I think it created such a fear where it's like, I didn't even want to talk about it. I immediately would get angry if we talked about money. If you made a joke about me paying for something, I took it very seriously because I had this fear of being attached to different things. Like, I remember being a kid and my mom was like, um, she asked me and my older sister, she said, you want me to go back to work or do you want me to continue staying home with you guys? And my older sister was like, I want you to go to work so you can buy me a new pair of sneakers. <laughs> and I was like, I want you to stay home so you can make me a peanut butter and jelly when I come home <laughs> from school. So, like, in my mind, like, she was there. And I had this emotional attachment to her. And I knew that if she was working, then I wouldn't get the emotional stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that really impacted me. Not that one situation, but I think those types of things, just the way my mom, my mom was very much a hard worker. She always worked. And mm-hmm. so she definitely went back to work right yeah. after that. And, you know, we almost always had what we needed or most of what we needed. But I can see how that played into my other relationships. You know, I want the emotional part. But then my emotional, you know, not being able to really communicate about emotions. I know I want an emotional connection, but then I don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. And then you throw in the money. Now I'm thinking the only thing I'm going to get out of this relationship is paying for you to do something. And that's what I made the relationship about, mm-hmm. I think, in the beginning for us. And it was like working through that. It takes work because it's layers. It's not just... And sometimes this is like my criticism about 
talking about um, this topic is just like, it was so many layers and you pull back one and then there's another one and yep. another and another and another. And I, I think if you stop at one layer, you might think you're right, but really you're not. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely was angry with you in the beginning because it was like, well, you make more money than me and you expect me to do this, this and that. And I that was an assumption. I was about to say, those expectations. <laughs> if we go out, you are actually <laughs> taking that check. I didn't put it to you. Or I'm just saying it, it was it was my assumption. Mm hmm. Um, and I did not know how to communicate what I needed. And that showed up in various ways. I'll yeah. say that. That I did my imbalance for wanting an emotional connection and being afraid of being taken advantage of financially. Yeah. You gonna pay for my No <laughs> Another thing was I always joke like that. Yeah. I'm like, you gonna get my hair done? Like and it's literally just a joke. However, I think that partnering means that the joke to me also creates something that's like, get your wheels turning because it's something underlying. So even when I joke about cheating, like, oh, your other girlfriend, ha 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 that's something that has a deeper meaning to you. And so for me, it's like, Tamika, you got to cut some of the jokes out. Well, I think for me, being in an open relationship, when you joked about it, I don't know if you realized that. <laughs> she was I, like, I could do it. <laughs> I had experiences with it. So it wasn't. It was hard for me to conceptualize what you were saying because to my my imagination could take that elsewhere. You know what I mean? Me, so I'm like, I wish you would try it. But you know, so just to be clear, Tamika was like, absolutely no to an open relationship, yep. and that hadn't been my experiences. So it was like, how can I balance that? Oh, we gotta talk about that one day. One day, not today. <laughs> So wait, when you were talking about the layers, um, I feel like I could go on and on with examples. Um, but when you were talking about the layers, like you may become aware on one thing, think you're done, but it's more to it. Do you feel like it requires a therapist or it requires like... I think that's an interesting question. To me, it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. You have to know yourself. And I love self-help. And to the point where I've always worked on it. Like, I know I'm not the person that I was when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Not just because people change over time, but I try to read books. I ask questions. I go to lectures or, you know, whatever. I look for things that is going to help me. Like, my social skills were trash in high school. It was terrible. And I'm talking like, you know, once I graduated high school, terrible as a social, I don't know, terrible social skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to work on it and I, it was conscious things that I did consistently to work on it. And one, I I visualized, I took like all the, um, you know how you go to college. Mm -hmm. And so I already knew what college I wanted to go to. But every time a school would send me like a pamphlet, cause I had anxiety about being around a bunch of people. And so I would cut out like the pictures and I put them on a board and I like glued it. So it was like the, it, the board just looked like a bunch of people mm-hmm. and I would like visualize it being a good experience with all these people. Cause that's what I was afraid of. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it was like, those are therapeutic things. That's something you might learn in therapy. That's something I might, a therapist might tell you to do, but you could do it yourself for free. You know what I mean? And it wasn't, I didn't look that up. It's just, it kind of. Mm-hmm. intuitively came to me so I think that if you are an intuitive person you may not um if you know you can't connect 
to that inner guidance system, then it might be good. Or you might go to a spiritual person. That's the thing. Like, it, it could be that you need therapy or that you need a spiritual advisor. It could be different things. Or a life things. coach. Or a life coach. Or a success coach. Or, yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> right. There, there's definitely different options out there. I think right. that, um, as I said before, sometimes unraveling this without support can be dangerous as well mm-hmm. um, because it takes you down this like rabbit hole of like oh so when do you know that a therapist might be better when you sitting at home by yourself how do you feel <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think about I think about like if I say wow you know like I'm not being the best partner to Shanae and then it's like hindering my ability to go socialize. It's hindering my ability to, you know, um, put more effort into our relationship. It's causing me to have negative thoughts. It's causing me to like want to be isolated. Like those types of things that, um, if you look up like the symptoms of depression, not saying that it leads to depression, but if you look up certain symptoms of like just not feeling good, I think that's when it's it's appropriate to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of times we do this self-help work a long, like in the privacy, like no, like talk to your friends, post it on social media, yeah, which isolation. Do. Um, yeah, in isolation, and I think that if people typically, if you're able to talk to your friends about it, you're able to just like start to talk more openly about it, or start with your family. Like if you are calling your friends to talk about work stuff or gossip, but you're not talking about like your mental health status or something you learned about yourself this week, I would always say reevaluate that. Does every friend need to know? Absolutely not. But if you're looking for fruitful relationships, I think that's a great way to do it. It's like processing with your friends. And on the flip side of that, some of them may not be where you are. And so it just turns into this, I don't like the conversation. But I think it is very important to get it out there. Um, Because a therapist is not for everybody. But there's also so many different tools. Like, I am obsessed with YouTube. Like, people tell, you can, if you YouTube almost anything, you can find someone who told a story about it. the thing about it is it's a a large range. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's very broad. There's therapists that make, you know, posts on YouTube. So, you have somebody that's qualified. Yep. Then you got your social media people that's doing it for fun and just talking about their experiences. So, Mm -hmm. there's a large variety. The other thing is it's not accessible, um, accessible to everybody. Yes. So, it may be that you can't afford therapy mm-hmm. at the time. So, there's, I mean, I, I love that about today, this day and age, where you can find what you need if you go after it. I think I definitely think there's things out there to help. For sure. Um, so, you talked about in terms of self-help or self-awareness, like what it looks like for you a little bit. Um, are there other things that you do in terms of like self-help and awareness? More so self-help. What'd you be doing? Books. Aside from looking at my face. <laughs> Books, being um, observational. Yeah. Meditation, definitely. Like, listening to my own thoughts. And just, I wouldn't say analyzing my own thoughts, but observing them. And just, I don't want to say judging, but accepting it. And then seeing if there's something that I want to change about it. Mm-hmm. You know? These constant thoughts that you have. Um... I don't know. In some ways, I feel like it's self-explanatory. But if you've never done it, I think in general, that's what it looks like. Journaling, definitely. And people journal differently. Not everybody's out here journaling. That cracks me up. It's like, because I I used to carry a journal with me at work. 
And people, or all this, the joke that they always had was, are you writing about me in your journal? <laughs> and it's like, what the heck? Is that how people, it's not a diary, you know what I mean? Not everybody is out here writing, you know, Johnny did this to me yesterday and I really hated it. Now, mm-hmm. I did run into somebody who did that and it was certainly weird, but... um Weird for you, helpful for them. I'm sorry? It was weird when you noticed the person did it, but they, it was helpful for them. Oh, it was helpful for them, but she <laughs> she told she told a group of us. She was just like, hey, you know, I wrote about this in my journal, what you guys did to me. And it was like, well, it sounds like you're harboring some anger there. Like, or she needed to, a part of her help, self-help process was letting y'all know what you did because she wasn't going to keep that energy in. All right, well, I'm glad she told us and she didn't hurt us. That's what I'm happy Very about. much so. Thank um, you. <laughs> I think for me, like, it, it's looked different over years. And so what worked for me in high school did not work for me in college. What worked for me in college did not work for me sure. when I was in a professional, um, my first professional role. Um, so things that I do now, I use voice notes on my phone. I have an iPhone, but I think right. most phones have it. Um, I'm a person, I learned how I process. I process out loud. Um, because I text and post on social media all day, writing sometimes is not the best for me because it hurts my hand. (laughs) So I do like journaling, but I also, I'm also like in the car a lot as well, or I used to be in the car a lot more. Um, so I would definitely just do a voice note. Sometimes it was five minutes. Sometimes it was 15. Um, and sometimes it was over an hour if I had a really long drive and I would just talk to myself. Um, and I was telling someone about the power of this um, the other day, and I was like, sometimes I listen to it, and I, like, mo- motivate myself from what I w- went through and how I overcame it. So that I do journal. Um, I also keep a very specific book with me most of the time. So, like, my orange composition book thing. Um, I write a whole lot of different things in there so that I know, like, where my thoughts are and to try to keep them condensed. Uh, I use my friends, for sure, for sure. I don't use every friend for everything or every situation because I think – Um, Our friends are not our therapists. It does not matter how spiritually or, you know, counsel-y your friend is. (laughs) (laughs) Counsel-y. Your your friends should not be your therapist. That's a big burden to put on other people. Um, But one of the things that has helped me a lot is um, using the term capacity. So if I talk to my friends, I try to ask them. If I know I'm about to go into this whole rant and tangent, I'll be like, do you have capacity to listen? Or if I know my friends are going through things, I will say I have capacity right now. And what that means is that I am in a space where if you told me something, it would not impact my mental health, my self-help process, my self-awareness, what have you. But sometimes folks may call you with some things and you're already in your own feelings and it doesn't do you any good. And you're not, you can't even be a good friend in that moment. Because you're like, wow, they didn't even ask me about my day or they didn't, they don't know that this is going on with me. But I've used capacity as a way to gauge, is this an appropriate time for me to share or receive from another person? Right. Just ask, before you dump on somebody, ask them, hey, can you talk right now? Mm -hmm. Do you mind listening to what's going on? I like my word capacity. Right. I'm just, you know, (laughs) giving some variety. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. But I think, like, overall, like, this was important because, number one, for us to hear one another out, but then also understanding that like we are taught to like, oh, you're fine. Someone else did something to you. You're you're not the aggressor, what have you. But I think it's so important to be able to look inside and know that like you may be listening to this like, wow, like Tamika and Trinae, like they're really good at this. 
it's because of practice, it's because of energy, and it's because of people we've allowed in our spaces. And so, um, that's true. true. Most of my friends are like this. Mm-hmm. They enjoy talking about um, these type of topics yeah and most of my friends will challenge me on the things that I say and do and be like what'd you do or (laughs) um my friend my one friend um always said he's like if you and Sinead break up the first question I'm gonna say is what did you do (laughs) but um I I don't know like understanding like the spaces and the environments that you operate in definitely matter and so um yeah do you want to introduce our segment I don't I wanted to know if you wanted to go on a rant like okay, so Tamika was talking earlier, <laughs> you, and I did not get it. I did not. Well, I got it, but I thought it was, it was a bit uh, her angle that she was just looking at the conversation. Um, you know, this is a little bit different. Room. Yeah. What were you going on about? So I, I found that typically, um, we've been, we've been exposed to different situations and scenarios that. I'm thinking younger that may happen in a relationship. So I've been ex- personally been exposed to people being cheated on, people being left heartbroken, people being left in general, um, very negative things. And so what I in turn did was I put up all these blockers because I didn't want those things to happen to me. However, when I got into a relationship and mental health was at the forefront, I was like, wait, what? What is this? Like, you know, like, I'm I'm used to this whole, like, okay, someone may cheat on you, but not mental health. Um, so what do you mean? Break that down for me. Mm-hmm. I want you to go, like, into more detail. Sometimes you talk fast. Yeah. And I want to hear, like, everything you're really saying. Word. <laughs> Look at you. I appreciate you, sis. Silly. No, but I think that... Um, so you're saying... You're saying... You just told me you want to hear... Y'all, I told you she'd be, like, cutting off, cutting me off. But no, go ahead. I do want to hear you... Um, I want to rephrase what you're saying. You're saying you were taught certain things. Mm-hmm. But your actual experience, you didn't have any preparation for. Yes. So I was taught that someone may do this to you. They... I think people... Like, and so when I'm saying taught, I'm thinking from my parents. I'm thinking from... Um, siblings, cousins, family members, friends. I'm also thinking about the media, though. Movies I was exposed to. Um, it was always, like, the woman being heartbroken. Oh, my gosh. Like, she went through this traumatic breakup. Her friends come over with ice cream kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but things that I don't think I was prepared for were financial conversations. Talking about it in a positive way. I don't think I was prepared for um, mental health conversations. And so, how's my mental health? How's my partner's mental health? Um, some of the things that even as a friend I wasn't prepared for is I have friends who are caregivers for their parents. And so that means that they require a different type of support. And so it kind of created this, like, for me, I was like, oh, this is great. Like once I realized it, I was like, this is really cool. Like I get to, um, see something like I don't know like I've never to my knowledge I've never been cheated on so like if I <laughs> for real if I to my knowledge for real but like if if I was prepared or like exposed to like cheating or witness it all these things and then it never happened to me in my relationship but I was you know saying things like oh your other chick or some things like that like I was doing something that would perpetuate either perpetuate this idea of cheating or it would like I don't know, try to shield me from it? I don't know what it was. In a way, mostly it made me think that we weren't good. 
And I know we talked about Which is horrible. It just <laughs> it's it, the opposite effect. It puts me like, no, I thought we were good, but maybe we're not because yeah. you're scaring me, you know? But I think as as us having an adult healthy relationship, there are things that we both experience that um no one has ever prepared us for like no one like we I talked about my drinking briefly like the fact that like I'm changing like my drinking habits like I don't know if anyone ever prepared you for a partner who like has to go through that experience or both of us being in therapy my mom ain't never tell me about nobody she was with who was in therapy my mom didn't go to therapy until she was an adult and so it's like those types of things if we are not um you know I don't want to say like pre-exposed to them then how are we supposed to know? And you always say, like, there's no rule book on relationships. Um, but what are you willing to, like, learn and grow from? And I think that's the fun part is, like, being able to say, like, wow, like, I was prepared for someone cheating on me. My partner may not cheat on me. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't prepared for financial conversations. So coming to you when we talk about it saying, you know what, this may be a difficult conversation, but we'll get through it. Right. Or coming to you and saying, like, babe, it's really hard for me to, like, hear you say this to me. This is how I think we can go about it. Um, I think those, it sets a different tone for the relationship. Um, and I also, I talk about um, a friend who I had who, um, they never had to deal with their party, partner cheating at all. But one of the toughest things in their relationship was talking about finances and debt. And it almost broke them up, like, that that's how bad it was because they never their parents never talked about it one's parent did more than the other um but she was prepared for like oh it's gonna be something like cheating or oh this is gonna happen um and it was a conversation about finances that was like their toughest thing so i definitely urge folks to like think about like what is hard for you and your partner to discuss or even you in general to discuss why like what's the root of it what could be the possibility or the root of it um is it family is it things you're exposed to? Is it your favorite movies? Like, my favorite movie is Love and Basketball and Brown Sugar. Both of those had some toxic, like, love stories. Also, I'm obsessed with Sonali Lathan. But, like, both of them had some toxic storylines in the beginning. And, like, oh, like, my best friend. I'm in love with, secretly in love with my best friend who marries this person. And then, like, I'm basically wrecking a home. Like, you know, like, those are not positive love stories. Um, but, I again, I also was not exposed to... Um, positive love stories when I was younger. Like, both of my grandparents were divorced. Um, my mother's parents, they divorced. They they separated, never divorced. They both passed away married <laughs> to each other. Um, and then my dad's parents, like, my grandfather and my grandmother divorced. My grandfather was remarried. And I that was an introduction to a healthier love story because he, he loved her so much. And he took care of her. And they were so beautiful together um, from what I witnessed. So I think... Yeah, that's my little tangent. I appreciate you letting me do that. But I don't know. I think it's, if you can see me right now, I'm like legit smiling because I think it's so beautiful if you can like look at the things that you were not prepared for and like write them down. Like what, what stumps you when your partner brings it up? What gives you anxiety when your partner brings it up? Is it kids conversations? Like Sinead tried to do me the other day with some kid conversation <laughs> that I low-key brought up, but whatever. Um, is it finances? Is it emotional well-being? Emotional intelligence? Like what are those things that may do that to you? And also, if you do have examples of that, like let us know because I would love to kind of process it. If we can process or assist you in the processing of it, I would definitely do that too. I appreciate that though. You're welcome. 
I appreciate that space. I mean, this is why we do it. And I think that's my answer. And maybe that's why I was confused earlier. Because you were going on this big rant about why there is nothing out here really um, for people who are just dating or trying to know more about relationships. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that's why we're doing the podcast because we want to talk about it more. And we want, you know, to have more content and conversations about relationships, you know, with people that look like us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you want to introduce the next part? Yeah. It is called Toxic or Not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we are going to create a toxic scale just for fun. It's called Toxic or Not. Tell me what you think, Tamika. Is cursing and yelling toxic? I'm going to answer that for you. <laughs> yes, it's toxic. I feel like that is so obvious. Cursing and yelling at your partner is wrong. It's toxic. It's un. It's unhealthy. Nobody wants that. However, people do it and they're fine. I think the yelling part is a little bit different, but the cursing part, people, we curse. We curse, but not while we're yelling okay. and arguing. Not so, while we're disagreeing. Okay, that's true. Yeah, we don't. Because that would be out of pocket. Like, yeah. when when times when it did happen, I looked at you like you thought you lost your mind. Times when you did it. I, I have never you. cursed at you in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, actually, the podcast that we recorded earlier. Oh. <laughs> you, know, you was like, this? Mm-hmm. I hope you don't bleep it out. But anyway, no, another thing is, um, and the important part of this is looking at triggers. So for me personally, cursing and yelling is a trigger. And so, why do you look like that? Your foot fell asleep? Um, for me personally, cursing and yelling is a trigger. And I had to make that known very early on, even though I was the one yelling <laughs> yeah now is hypocrisy toxic or no yes i don't like it i don't i don't like when someone makes big complaints about you doing something and then they go and they dab in it yeah you know they do it a little bit if, if that's the case if you're gonna be a big advocate for it not happening to you you advocate for yourself just advocate for the right thing period that's just my personal okay so we got two toxics even though the other one wasn't on there, but it's cool. <laughs> what about password sharing? Um, I think that's a uh, it's subjective. Yep. Password sharing, there's been times when I've done it and I didn't like it. I had my location on and I didn't like it. Then there were times, you know, where I share my password and my location and I feel great about it. Mm-hmm, because her face is on my phone. Right, and half the time, I don't even know, you know, where my phone is, so I don't really care. Yeah, we do leave, like, our phones alone and stuff. It's not, I, I know her past, we know passwords and everything, so. But some, and that's not for everybody. Oh, no, and absolutely. I think, I think at the time when I didn't want to share my password, um, I think at the time when I didn't want to share my password, it was basically... I just wanted to feel like I was my own person. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I remember that phase. Yeah. It wasn't like I, it felt like, because I went from an open relationship to this yeah. monogamous, serious, um, we with each other every day relationship. Yeah. So, it was definitely two big extremes, but it was a little bit of a transition. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I didn't want to feel like I was giving up everything. Yeah. I hear that for sure. I think the password thing for me, um, in the beginning, my reasonings were not there. 
Like, it just was not there. I was like, oh, I need to know what you're doing. I think you feel entitled sometimes to you your know partner. You know what? I'm sorry. You know what? I could have said that differently. No, actually, I do feel entitled to you, sis. We're <laughs> here. We out here. It's cool. Um, But my, my reasoning was definitely horrible. But now, like, it just becomes more convenient. Like, if you're in the other room and I need to change a song, like, it's more convenient. But to, we like, have the trust that's, we definitely that's there, so it's okay. Yeah. But I think even if you can trust somebody and then still not want to share your password. Yeah, and I mean, but that also can be, um, maybe they didn't have privacy when they were younger. In my head, everything is related to your childhood. But <laughs> maybe they didn't have privacy when they were younger. Maybe their old relationship, it was toxic for them, so now they don't perpetuate it in this one. So I think there's definitely reasons for it. That's true. For oh, us, it's just not a what thing. Was that? We talked about that a little bit before, like how sometimes, um, you know, like say you're dating a guy, mm-hmm. just because it's easier with that. you dating a guy and he pays for everything. So if I'm dating Joe and every time I'm with Joe, Joe pays for something cool, whatever. Um, but then like I take advantage of Joe. Joe in his next relationship is not going to then do that. Mm-hmm. However, if Joe's dating Shanae, Shanae's like, well, you should be paying for me. And he's like, this is what happened last time. This is why I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Or he can be with someone who's like, you know what? You don't got to pay for me. Let's split a bill. Let's do what have you. But understanding that like people's experiences typically are the reason why they're responding the way they are. But senses of entitlement or misusing people, is it definitely can contribute to bad facts. So it's not necessarily the topic that is toxic. Or, or it's not necessarily you. It's what's really going on, <laughs> yeah. in, you know, and underneath. And I think a, a good way to figure that out for your partner is to be like, can you tell me more about that? Or can you tell me the why behind that? Like, can what were your experiences with this? Things like that may allow them to open up and say, wow, you know what? When I was with Tamika, she took advantage of me. That's why. And you can be like, you know what? I understand that. Thank you for explaining that to me. And that doesn't sound so beautiful when it comes to <laughs> What about um, financial support? I think you had a good example on this, too. Yeah, I think a while back there was this um, text message screenshot, and it really makes me laugh. I think it's hilarious. So it's between a guy and a girl, and the chick is like, babe, I need $20. And the guy is like, $20 for what? And she's like, oh, well, the kids have a, a school trip, and they didn't get their money ready yet for it, so, you know, they need it tomorrow. And he was like, well, they're going to have to sit this one out. And she's like, why can't you give me $20? But it's not his kids. Mm-hmm. And so I think to me, is it toxic or no? I thought the guy was right. I'm like, listen. Now, and there's some question of whether he should have been dating her to begin with. Because if you're going to date a female, oops, I shouldn't say female. Somebody might not like that. A person. <laughs> so if you're going to date a person. Um, with kids. With kids. Thank you, Tamika. If you're going to date somebody with kids, <laughs> then. I cannot get this out. The thing... Okay. Is it toxic or not? What do you think? I think that if... And I'm stealing your words because you said this earlier. But, like, if they didn't have a... Like, do you have an understanding or a boundary in place? Like, I'm used to, like... Like, my dad is, like, a will pay for everything kind of guy. Um, so that may just be what I'm exposed to. But, like, my question is, how long were y'all dating? Does he know your kids? Do they call him dad? Is he your husband? Like, like, what, what's going on? Like, what, what's the dynamics around it? Because, like, if y'all were just dating for a week, nah. If y'all were dating for eight months, and this has happened in the past, or he said, you know, if you ever, if you ever need anything, come to me. Now, if 
they say, if you ever need anything, come to me. And then she comes to you about the kids specifically, and you're like, nah, that's not your need. That's theirs. Wow. That's shady. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I think because you knew she had some kids. Mm-hmm. It depends on the I think that one is more complicated because... I mean, just judging based on the text message, you may not even know if they're really together. They could be kicking it, you know, yeah. on some, I was at your house last night, and then I went home the next morning, But when you know? he was at the house last night, did you whisper sweet nothings in my ear? Who cares what you said <laughs> while you was in the bed? <laughs> These are, this is also coming from two people who don't have kids. <laughs> yeah, we don't know about that. <laughs> what about, um... An ex contacting your current partner. So let's say one of your chicks try to contact me. Is that okay if they're like, oh, yeah, I was just with Shanae or, oh, yeah. No, wait, that's different. You changed the situation. Okay, so there were two situations. No, one at a time. Okay, cool. You said, is it wrong, is it toxic for my ex to contact you? Mm-hmm. Well, am I in constant contact with this <laughs> ex? Are we still chit-chatting? I don't know. <laughs> I think that... um if it's you, it's wrong. It's, it's toxic. Anybody that contacts Tamika, it's a problem. I'm going to be mad because she's going to be mad and I don't want to deal with it. But I think that... I'm glad you know what we said. <laughs> Any, now, somebody else that I might have been talking to, they probably would have been cool with it because yeah. it wasn't as serious. Um, So let's go a little bit further. I'm not even going to say like the other stuff. But let's say your current partner is like... Let's say we go to an event, a work event, right? We go to your friend in Marilyn's house. We go to a work event. And then I meet people there. Is it okay for me to start requesting them on Facebook? So thinking about last summer when we went to their place in Baltimore, I didn't have no, like, long life discussions with them. I was just there. I saw you and um, one of those people kiki and mean, then I'm requesting them. For now, you got to know you. I'm not into that. I'm not even into Facebook. Yeah. To, to begin with. And so I probably... I would say that I didn't care mm-hmm. because I know I'm not on Facebook. Now, if I'm on Facebook all the time and something like that, then I'm kind of like, I would judge you, Yeah. basically. I'll just judge you, talk shit about you, and be like, something wrong with this chick. She messy, <laughs> you know? That's what I would say to myself. Yeah. Um, I've had other people's partners, like, contact what? me. After, like, meeting me one time. Oh, that's not a They, like, it. they'll contact me. Like, they'll... Reach out. Did you feel like y'all really had a cool discussion though? I think that's no. what it depends on. If y'all had a good time chatting, there's nothing wrong with it. If y'all no. really had a good time. Is that basically you meeting people and making friends? No. It was you just saw me there. I've had a cousin's person call me and be like, How you know this person? We were just talking about that in my own. But you know, to me, because everybody's social skills not at the same place. Some people don't always know what they're doing. But some people are doing it for the wrong reasons. Well, you never know. Partner. You can't judge. You got to relax. It's, is it toxic or no? Toxic it's or messy. No. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like. This is how we're going to get our scale together. Messy. <laughs> oh, toxic or no. And then messy is in the middle. This is messy. <laughs> it's very messy. Messy. But I think those are things that, like, are important conversations. Like... We think everything is an important conversation because you got to talk about everything. Yeah, I don't never we literally talk about everything. I mean, and I think that's the weird thing. When I've been in relationships and we didn't talk about everything, I didn't like it because I want to know about everything. And yeah. thank God you will tell me. I tr- listen. I get you together real quick. No, I'm kidding. I also appreciate our conversations, though. I feel like it's never like a 
I'm just talking to a brick wall. I feel like we're both engaged in conversations. And also, we never typically agree. <laughs> so it's fun conversations. I get to Not debate me. all the time. And then at some point in the conversation, I'm like, all right, we done. So if you have further, if you have questions that you want us to answer um, about us or just about relationships in general or communication, you can email us at beingtamika, T-A-M-I-K-A, at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Instagram at I Hear You Podcast. Peace out. My brother, my biggest, your mother. <laughs>